Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Man, welcome to Venture. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm pretty excited you're here. Uh, I, love, I love doing church. I love Sundays. If you're a first or second time guest, my name's Sean Olson, and I get the incredible privilege to be the pastor of this church. Uh, man, it's a, I, I, told, I told our dream team this morning, you know, we don't have volunteers. We have a dream team, and that's a whole nother a whole nother concept we'll talk about later at the end when we get to uh, you know, we get to growth track and all that. But I told our dream team this morning, I got all the feels this week, all of them, like all the emotions. They're just they're just all there. I'm a I'm a bumbling mess this week. You say why? Uh, this this is this is our birthday week as a church. We're coming up on one year next Sunday. Unstinking believable. Uh, first, unstinking believable that you have put up with me for a year. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, all that God has done in a year. In fact, I told the story. If you, if you know Venture's history, and I encourage you either way, uh, make it a point. Come back next Sunday. We got two services, 9 and 11. Bring somebody with you for our birthday celebration. It's going to be an incredible day where we tell the story of Venture. But I was telling somebody uh, the story this morning. I was telling the team this morning, if you know our story well, uh, in fact, you might have gotten an invitation uh, from us in your mailbox last year. You'll get another one this year in a second uh, for September 16th. You see, we, we tried to launch the church on the 16th. But there was one of those storms that we have every now and again, uh, kind of like a big thunderstorm, circular motion, panic, everything shuts down, and then we wait and see what happens. We have one of those on uh, what was supposed to be the biggest weekend of my life next to my, my, my salvation weekend and my marriage weekend. And I showed up to an empty parking lot in this school with some like tumbleweed running by. So that's what I had, like branches down. I was like, this is great. And I'll tell you, this is for somebody, it's not in my notes. I said it this morning, I'll say it again. In your deepest disappointment, God has deep purpose. Oh man, you got to hear that again. In your deepest disappointment, God has deep purpose. You see, I showed up to start a church that day. And we had mailed about 40,000, I think the number is 38,000 homes. Said, hey, we're here. (laughs) Please come and show up. Uh, and I thought, man, we're going to turn away hundreds of people and tell them we're going to open the next week. So I sat there in a parking lot with a handful of my close friends and a handful of the team members, and I expected cars to flood in. And I think like four cars, four. Like we could have packed them all in one vehicle. Four cars showed up. But one little boy showed up, him and his mom. And while Angela and another couple of our team members got to talk to the mom, the pastor played ball with the son. And I told the team this morning, I did start a church that day. See, I was a pastor of one little boy that day, and my job was to play ball. God gave me exactly what I wanted, and that was a church that's always and will always be about people. 
You see, at the center of the heart of this church and this pastor, it is people. It will always be people. It will never be about the production or the place. It is about people. So next week, we're going to tell the story that's about, it's about people. Uh, it's people telling their story. So I just, I can't compel you enough. Show up next week. Uh, this morning, I'm going to continue our series. We are last week, uh, you know, we are called we talked about responding to things. We talked about our personal call. This week, I'm going to talk about we are, we are missional. You know, see, what defines any organization or any group of people is their mission, not necessarily their product. Is having a good product important? Yes, of course, we believe in excellence around here. If you don't believe that, just on your way out, go by the bathrooms. We put those rocks there because it's an elementary school bathroom. There's only so much you can do. But the dudes that forgot to put on deodorant, we even thought about you. There's some spray. Just My son came home once. This is not in my notes. My son came home one Sunday, and I was like, dude, what is going on? He's like, I went in the bathroom at church. (laughs) I called Jen. I said, Jen, we need another can. (laughs) Where's the other one? On my son. The whole can. I just threw the shirt away. I just threw it away. Of course, your product, of course, what what you offer is important, but you can offer something great and not be something great and you'll ever achieve anything. Let me say it again. You can offer something great and not be something great. Your mission is more important than your product. See, this is how you know this is true. Let's talk about chicken sandwiches for a moment. Come on, let's just go right to the gospel. Let's just get there. We got to settle the debate because Chick-fil-A can serve more chicken sandwiches in six days than Popeye's can in six weeks because mission matters. Mission matters. It's not the product we debate. It's mission. Mission matters because it is their pleasure. I'm out. Y'all come back next week, all right? Y'all got enough gospel today. See, mission matters, and our mission as a church is and always will be people. From the guy standing on the stage to every team member, every person that sets out a chair, pipe and drape, rocks in the sink. See, we don't do it to impress, we do it to value. It is and always will be people over product. People over places and people over production. What I love uh, this week, again, has been very reminiscing for me. Wednesday night, the worship team yet again was in my house doing worship practice. And much like launch season, I was doing other things for the church, like folding some t-shirts and stuff. You know, like I remember if if you go all the way back to pre-launch, there was tables all over my house. The worship team's worshiping. And I mean, just like this, like falling over my couch and stuff. It's a living room, guys. Right? I mean, full passion. Why? Because it's not about the production. It's about the mission. It's not about the production. They don't, I promise you, to be who they are, they don't need all of this. They're the same people in my living room. It's kind of kooky. Like, for real. My neighbors, I just got new neighbors. Yeah, y'all should pray for them. Like my old neighbors, they would come in and join in the fun. Seriously. Worship practice, door just opens up. Here comes the kids first. They're dancing. They're worshiping, right? I am only imagine my new neighbors like, what are they doing? See? 
Mission matters. It isn't, it's, it, but see, here's the thing. Your mission matters. This isn't just a company or, or, or an organizational truth. This is a life truth. See, many people, let's just take this into an individual, into your world. Many people acquire incredible things, products, and places, houses, and, and, and vacations. They acquire these things, yet they lack everything they want, which is this, they're, they're empty inside. Why? Because mission, mission matters. Purpose will always trump products. See, my personal mission is to fill heaven. My mission is I want to send as many people to heaven as possible. So when I wake up in the morning and my feet touch the floor, my mission is to send people to heaven. I will do anything short of sin to see anyone come to know Christ. In my lifetime, I've had the honor of, of, of probably thousands of people say yes to Jesus, but I believe this. <laughs> the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. See, when you have a mission larger than yourself, it's a lifetime mission. It's something that you will, you will pursue. My, my goal is to one day hand this baton of a mission off, not necessarily this church, but this mission off to my boys and say, all right, guys, go get them, whatever you do. Whatever you do, go, go get them to send people to heaven. Why? Because you need a cause to live for. See, I have a problem with some, uh, with some cultural things we say. When you meet someone new, you're on that airplane, you're squished in like this, like this, you know, and you're sitting there and your table tray comes down and you get your little glass of water, you're like, how are you? How are you? And this is all the space you have, you know, because if you move, and then you know there's that epic fight for the armrest. Like the armrest is this wide. Like it's this wide. And you sit down and you look at them and they look at you and you're like, what? Oh no, this is just how I always sit. I just always, like, I've got very big lats, so I just have to sit like this, so my arm, don't worry about it, right? Like, you look over, and then it's like this constant touching. It's good. How you doing? How you doing, right? But when you look over and you ask, hey, what's your name? Well, my name's Sean. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And we're overly consumed with what we do for a living, yet under-consumed with why we live. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm this, or I'm that, or I do this, or I am that. My question is this, why do you live? What do you live for? What do you wake up in the morning, and what are you breathing for? What is the purpose of your existence? What is your mission? We're overly consumed with what we do for a living and under-consumed with why we live. We ask kids, I remember when, when I was young, my, my dad would tell me this story now, he'd be like, when you were young, and my, my kids much the same, everybody in the church knew me, and they would get down and be like, what are you going to do when you get older? And I'd look right back at him and say, I don't know, what are you going to do when you get younger? I don't know. Like, we, we ask kids from a small age, what are you going to do? When you're just graduating college you, or, or high school, you got to pick a, pick a major that projects you towards an occupation to make a living. What if we started asking the next generation, what do you live for? What do you want to do on earth? What do you want to do in your lifetime that's going to make a difference? Well, that's silly. It wouldn't make them a living. Yeah, but they'd have a reason to live. But they'd have a reason to live. 
Instead, what we have is we have people that are doing things for a living, yet the number one question we ask ourselves when our head hits the pillow is, what on earth am I here for? Well, why do I exist? See, we, under, we, we overplay what we do for a living and under, underplay what I live for. See, mission is the why behind your life. Mission is the thing that makes everything else make sense. It's the one thing that, that is the glue that holds it all together. And for me, I love how Paul, the apostle, puts it in the Bible. He says in Philippians 1, he says, For to me, living means living for Christ. And dying, dying's even better. See, my mission is to make Christ known. My mission is to glorify Him. My mission is to represent Him. So let me tell you. You came in on a great week because we are, we are missional. But see, you, you have to become missional. Stop existing and start living missionally. Stop waking up tomorrow morning when the alarm clock goes off, whatever time it is. Maybe you're that overachiever and you're like, 4.30, I get up. Good for you. We all envy you. We want to be like you. I'm proud of you, right? You're that, that 4.30 person, those 7 o'clock people, man. You, you're getting up just to get the kids out. Like you walk out, the hair is everywhere. Praise God for dudes. We get to put the hat on and cover up the bedhead, you know. Mamas, I'm sorry. You can do the hat thing too. I don't know. But like wherever you fall, when you wake up and your, your lungs fill with air tomorrow, know this. It's for a reason. Why do you live? Not what do you do for a living. Why do you live? Why will your lungs fill with air tomorrow? What impact will you have on the world around you? What is your mission? See, one of the things that makes Venture incredibly special, what makes us different, is we've always said we aren't a church you come to. We are the church that will come to you. We are the church that will show up at your door with groceries when you need it. We're going to show up and hang hurricane shutters on your house when you need it. We're a family See, we aren't like family, we, we are family. And, and that's, you see, when I read the New Testament, that was the essence of the movement. That was the mission. It's, it's not that we would all gather in one place, and this is important. The Bible talks about church. It talks about attending church. It talks about being a part of it. But you see, the essence of the movement was the guys knew, that the people knew why they were living. What tied them together was the mission. What tied them together was the purpose. You see, they didn't just get together on one week. I think they were calling each other on their like iPhone 11, 30, 100, 44 maxes, going, hey, dude, drop the call. Hold on, I'll call you back, right? Um, right? They, they were, they were, they were calling, hey, who'd you talk to today? And they didn't have to say, talk about what? They knew. Who'd you talk to about Jesus today? Who'd you tell the, the, the gospel to today? Who, who is it that you're, you're going after? See, we live in this world now that we, we know what we do for a living. We lack why we live. And see, that ends in this existence where, where the, the days become weeks, the weeks become months, the months become years, and all of a sudden we wake up and we have kids and, and we're like, wait, what? Oh, I got to get up to pay the bills tomorrow. Bills are not what wakes me up. It's also what keeps me up sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not what wakes me up. See, we have that which keeps us up and that which wakes us up. I'd rather live for what wakes me up, not what keeps me up. 
we have a mission. We have a mission to do. We have a mission. Why? Because 91% of our community doesn't know Jesus. 91% of your friends. And, and we say, man, well, we got an awesome church that's going to do incredible things about it. We do. But it's, it's your mission. Then it becomes we are. We are missional. And, and, and that's why here we have, we have a church for all people. We have a chair for all people. We have a, too often we do this and, and we overqualify some people and disqualify ourselves and even, even others. Say, so, oh, well, they would never, they could never. And see, this is what we do, and I've been there, uh, that, that we look at someone that, that stands on the stage or we look at other people and be like, wow, they're doing something great with their lives. And in that statement, we disqualify ourselves. Well, they're doing something good, as if I'm not. As if somehow mine and yours, our missions are separate. No, 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 let me, let me break it down for you. I'm going to make it really, really simple because I like things simple. Our mission is the same. Our approach is different. Our mission is to give God glory and make Him known. Our approach is different. Mine may be on a stage on Sunday morning. Yours may be in an office on Monday morning. See, our, our, our approach may be different, but our mission is the same. So when you show up to work, whatever it is, your mission is the same. That means if you're an educator, your mission is the same. Now, how you approach that mission is different. You see, what we do is we start overqualifying and underqualifying people. But one of my favorite motivating and missional scriptures and one of the scriptures that this church was founded on is Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. I've read this scripture my whole life. Uh, I've been in, in church a long time. And, and, and these are a few of the, the catch scriptures the church uses. We're God's masterpiece. I remember being in, in like teen services and, 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 and like youth rallies. And they'd be like, you're God's masterpiece. I'm like, Yes. But when I read it before we planted this church, I read it a little different. It says, for they, for they are God's masterpiece. So on my prayer wall, when I was reading this scripture and, and, and talking about it, actually on the wall in my office, it says, they're his best. It's an honor. And you say, well, who? I'm going to make it real simple. Our body. Our body. Are, including you, buddy, you absolutely are God's best. You're going to do incredible things because he created, read the end of the scripture, so that we can do good things he's planned for you. So it means he's planned amazing things for you to do in your lifetime because you are his best. Come on, y'all, give him a hand. Come on, y'all. That's for you. You see, but what we do is we read through this scripture and apply it to people that we think are going to do incredible things. Oh, well, Chris, he can dance good and stuff, right? He moves. You should see him bowl, right? He does incredible things. He is God's best. He's going to do really good things. But me, I sit in the seat on a Sunday morning. No, his approach is different. His mission is the same as yours. You are his best. You are called. You are the one that has a mission too because we are missional Every. One of us, we, it says, for we are God's best. We are God's masterpiece. All, not some, not the elite, not the gifted, 
not the ones we notice. So here's how it's changed how I view humanity. See, we have an incredible disregard for humanity. We run life so fast, often we don't even notice the people we see. Notice we see them, but we don't notice them. If we'd slow down and look in people's eyes, I believe we would start seeing their struggle and have a heart for them. See, we don't even notice. We have a disregard for humanity. But let me tell you, when you walk into Walmart, the checkout lady that didn't give you the, the, the customer service you were hoping to, she's probably having a bad day and doing everything she can to provide for her family. And she's a single mom. So it's not her attitude. It's her struggle that's shining through. And guess what? Even in the midst of the bad attitude, she's still God's best. She's still God's best. And we walk away because the line got too long, frustrated at humanity, and God's going, hey, that one you just were upset at, that one was my best. That one was my best. You're at a restaurant, and you're not getting the service you'd hope for, and the server walks away, and you're like, I just can't believe this. I've, my water cup's been empty for 15 minutes. And she's doing everything she can. She's God's best. She's God's best. The person that cuts you off on 278, they just don't know how to drive. All right, that's different. <laughs> They're from Ohio, all right? <laughs> Come on, somebody, let's have fun. But we disregard people. The mission of this church, the mission of my life is recapturing the value of all people, every person that steps through the doors of this church that we encounter as this church has a seat at the table. Because it's not about the important or the elite. It's about the mission, and the mission is about the lost. It's about the broken. It's about baptizing strangers on the beach. You see, we did a, a beach baptism just, uh, what was it, about three or four weeks ago. And I was done, y'all. I was like drying off, hanging out. And here comes a lady I talked to for 10 minutes, and she's like, I'm ready. I'm like, cool, high five. What are, we, what are, what are you ready for? She goes, I want to be baptized. See, it's about noticing every person. So then I jumped back in the water, like, all right, let's go, and got to baptize a person I'd met 10 minutes earlier on the beach and was a part of her day. Why? Because guess what? She's God's best. She's God's best. See, every person. It's about recapturing the value. And too often what we, we look at when we see people are, are missed opportunities. Wasted lives. See, we, we see people down the line like, oh man, they're just, they're just wasting their life. No, I see a story of redemption. I see a story of God's grace. See, we look and see like, oh man, their marriage is falling apart. I see, I see a story of restoration, y'all. Because they're God's best. So when we set out a chair, it's not a chair at a church, it's a chair at a table. See, because that's where family meets. I wish I could have a farmhouse table big enough for us to just all sit around. Why is it a farmhouse? Because it's trendy and cool. Of course it's a farmhouse table. <laughs> Duh. Call Chip and Joanna, they'll make it. All right, so I wish... All y'all watch some HGTV, I hear it in your voice. All right, I wish... That when you knew we set, we set the chair out that you're sitting in right now. But it's not a chair in a church, it's a chair at a table. Because your family does. Your family does. So it wasn't a chair for you to come and listen to a preacher scream about some stuff and have some fun. It was a place in our family. It was a place in our heart. Because you 
Whoever you are, whatever your story, I get yelled at when I step forward because now I can see you, but the lights go off me, so I have to step back. You, whoever you are, are God's best. See, and here's my goal, that when you walk out of this place, that we start seeing with that lens that, hey, there's a seat for you at the table. What table? This table, my heart's table. See, I think we need a bigger table. Because there's room for all people, and we have a celebration to fill. Come on, somebody. We got a celebration to fill. We invite all people. See, we invite people to important meetings. Think about you're getting married. I got like 16 weddings in the next three weeks, it feels like, y'all, and they're big ones, right? And the first thing when you're getting married is what? The guest list. You got to make sure the people are in the room. To celebrate your big day, we invite people to big moments and meetings. I remember our firstborn, Colin. He's almost 11 years old, y'all. It's crazy. Uh, I remember planning his first birthday party. It was so big, the whole church was there. Like, the whole church. I just, you want to come to a party? And they're like, I'm a first-time guest. I'm like, come on, it's my son's birthday party. You should be there. He's going to be one. He's awesome. He's going to change the world, and I want you to celebrate him. I was that parent. Y'all forgive me, okay? But that first kid, that first birthday, I mean, I was frying turkeys. Angela handmade a Mickey Mouse clubhouse cake. It had the little slide, the whole bit. It was awesome. And we wanted everybody there because it was a big moment. Because there was something to celebrate. And I want to be clear, we have a huge celebration planned in the coming weeks. Actually, next week. And then the following week, we'll still celebrate because you get birthday months nowadays, not a birthday. Come on. You need the birthday month tradition in your house. Come on, somebody. Right? So we got a couple of weeks of celebration. And I want to be clear, we have so much to celebrate. We are a church returning one. I love it. it's, It's exceeded every dream I could ever imagine. As a, as a dreamer and a leader standing on this stage, just so you know, we've been putting out more chairs every week and they're still full. I walked around the corner today and somebody said, hey, we're going to put another row in the coming weeks. I'm like, that's great. It's exceeded every expectation because you guys are incredible. But we have so much more to celebrate. You see, it's not just about this church. It's about the church. It's not just about my mission. It's about we are missional. Today, today, There are 20 more churches just like us opening their doors for the first time all over the country. 20 more. Come on, y'all. That's incredible. We got something to celebrate. Today, our sister church across the Broad River Decibel Church is celebrating their fifth birthday. Fifth birthday. Next week, next week, we get to celebrate our first birthday. But it's more than a birthday celebration. I've got a sign in the back where our team gets ready. It says, because of you. And then it gives some stats. The top stat, to date, right now, 217. 217 people have said yes to Jesus. Countless more. Oh, y'all ready to party. Now we're getting somewhere. Countless more have heard the gospel. Marriages have been restored. Over a thousand bags of groceries have been given out. 150 people showed up on serve day to serve the community. And we've baptized 32 people at this point. The best is yet 
to come. You see, God is calling us to fill the house, not to honor venture, to fill heaven. That's what it's about. Jesus tells this story about a party in Luke 14, and this is kind of where I'll, I'll wrap today up on we are missional. Jesus replied with this story. He says, a man prepared a great feast. See, food is in the Bible, y'all. Food is, food is spiritual. Uh, barbecue is spiritual. I'm just going to believe that, that this was a big barbecue, all right? Jesus prepared a guest, a great feast, and sent out many invitations. What were there? There were many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I, I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and what? Invite the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported what? There's still room. Even after we invite everybody, there's still going to be room. There's still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that what? The house will be full. Many invites, full house. You see three different times they're called to go out and invite people. Three different times they're called to go out and invite people. You see, it's easy to diminish the power of an invite. And normally, I would tell you at this point how my story ties back to a single invite, but I'm not going to do that because we're celebrating Venture's first birthday. I remember just over a year ago, it's probably April last year, I run in, and, and we were getting ready to start having parties. We didn't know where we were going to have church. We didn't know what church looked like. We probably couldn't even have done church. It was a blubbering mess. So I, we threw parties is what we did, because that's the kind of church we are. Like, we can't have church. I know what to do. We'll throw a party. So we threw a bunch of parties to meet people. And I run into our UPS store, and I pick up the very first box of invites for Venture Ever. And on the outside of the box was one taped. And the lady behind the counter, the girl behind the counter, she goes, what is this venture thing? I was like, oh, I have to answer the question. And I'm standing there and I'm holding the box and I'm like, speak. Speak, you idiot. You're the leader. I was like, it's church. <laughs> See, you don't have to have it all together. I was like, it's a church. Some of you are not inviting people because you don't think you'll say the right things. I said, it's a church. She's like, cool. Where do you meet? Uh... I don't know yet. I'm breaking confidence here, man. I could see it in her eyes. She was ready to come. And I said, well, we're going to have a party. No, it's not even plan the parties. I just said we wanted to have a party. She goes, where's that going to be? Uh, 140, Colvin Drive, Bluffton. Seriously, the sound went down, right? I'm like, oh, it's going to be at this clubhouse. You should come. That was my confident invite. That was it. You should come. And I turn around and I walked out and I go, God, please, let me not screw this up. I still pray that prayer, y'all. Being real. One thing you'll always get is an authentic pastor. 
Still pray all the time, God, you're doing something incredible. Let me get out of your way. So we go and we set the table. I still have the pictures of the very first startup party before anybody came in. It looked cool. And I remember standing, Anthony was standing there with me. We were standing outside, the flags were blowing. We were on the sidewalk and I'm going, is anybody gonna show up? And here comes the young lady from the counter. Her name's Patty, by the way. She's still on our team. She was here this morning. She was serving, right? So here comes Patty, and I'm going, she came! <laughs> That's what my insides are doing, right? So now I'm telling myself, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. So we get up, Angela and I, we sit on these bar stools, we do our spiel, and then we give everybody a card. Had three options. Love what I hear, but it's not for me. I prayed no one would check that. God, please don't let anybody check that box. And then I'm interested, but would like more information. Like, fine, I'll take you to coffee. Please, Lord, let anybody check that box. And then I'm all in. I was like, please just let someone check that box, God. I get the card at the end of the night, and I go looking for one card. Patties. And on it was a check mark. I'm in. Yes! See, it was an invite. But, oh, but guess what? I, I meant to tell you this. The story doesn't end there. You see, three startup parties later, Patty's now helping us put on the startup parties. And she's like, hey, I invited a friend tonight. And I'm like, cool. But what's his name? His name's Joe. And that night I was standing out with Anthony again. We're standing at the sidewalk. And see, we like to identify people by what's going on in their world. And I see Joe walking up. And me and Anthony, we go and we embrace him. And I welcome him. I was like, hey, Joe, I'm Sean. And Joe's first words to me were, I'm just here because Patty invited me. I don't like church. <laughs> cool. I'm the pastor. <laughs> Joe came in. He heard all about it. Come on, somebody, three weeks ago, I got to baptize Joe in the ocean. Come on. That's like the highlight of my year. Why? Because I stood at a counter, and with no confidence whatsoever, I held out an invite card and said, you should come. So don't tell me you can't invite somebody. Don't tell me God can't turn an invite into a changed life. I'm telling you, this right here, right here on this screen, is a product of an invite card. God can use the card in your hand to change somebody's eternity. We are missional. You are called to exist. You are called to influence the people around you for the cause of Jesus. Joe is standing there because Patty accepted an invite and then gave an invite. My question is this. A year from now when we're celebrating our second birthday, whose picture will be on the screen because of your invite? Whose picture will be on the screen because you took the time to walk up and say, hey, we're throwing a little birthday thing. You should come. So I don't know what I would say. Neither did I. Literally, I was talking about a church that had no meeting location. That's weird. It's a rave is what it really is. 
I just said that on stage. All right. Maybe you're here, though. And reality is you don't know the answer to that question of what you live for. You know what you do for a living, but the simple fact is you don't know why you live. The pressure to get up and live to make a living is what keeps you living. But the purpose of your soul, you don't know. I want to tell you that too often we try to create that as well. We try to orchestrate that. But you see, we have a creator that's already created us. That was the whole scripture. We're his best, that he planned things for us to do. Your purpose can only be revealed in a relationship with him. So I want to ask you this morning, if you do me a favor and just bow your heads and close your eyes, not as a religious sign, just as a sign to kind of focus on you for a moment. You're in this room right now and you say, man, I don't know why I live. I don't know why, why I wake up in the morning. I want to tell you that can only be revealed through an authentic relationship with Jesus. Notice I didn't say religion. I'm not that guy. It's about a relationship with Jesus. If you're here and you say, man, I need to know why I live. Maybe you're in this room and you've honestly thought, thought about ending it. First, I want to tell you, don't. You are loved. You are valued. You are incredible. Don't. Your purpose can be found in the loving arms of Jesus. And today, if you would do me a favor, just raise your hand and say, I want that. I'll promise I won't embarrass you. It can be a new day for you. Anyone here say, man, you know what? That's me. I need a relationship with Jesus. I want to know my purpose. Today when I leave, I want to know that I have purpose. Go ahead, shoot your hand up in the air. No one's looking around. It's just me and you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, thank you. Come on, somebody. Say, man, I got to know that, that there's more for me. Thank you. Then than waking up and taking the kids to school. There's more. Thank you. I want to pray for those. If my, my friends, everybody here would pray this with me. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for pursuing me, for giving me purpose, for loving me, Today, I accept you. I make you Lord. I live for you. In your name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week, and thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.